Hey, everybody, I'm David. Hey, I'm Eddie, the new right back for Saudi Arabia United. Uh, there you go, the brand new signing uh, straight out of Desert Hot Springs is Eddie Sanchez. And if you don't know what we're talking about, make sure you check out our socials at Podcast from the Spot on uh, Instagram. So, uh, an exciting episode today, guys. A lot to talk about. Nations League, Newcastle. Um, you know, we have CONCACAF going on live. Um, if you're at home watching it, it's about 6.40. Mexico is going to kick off against Canada. Um, U.S. just beat Jamaica 2-0. Eddie, anything, any fast thoughts out there? Um, so I'm very excited to um, say that uh, this kid, Ricardo Pepe, got both goals for Team USA. Um, I remember the last um, international window, he was the one that scored against um, Honduras. Uh, I could be wrong, but I believe he opened up the scoring or got the second goal, which pretty much put the game away in Honduras. And the kid's only like 19 years old. He plays for Houston. Really big, tall center forward type so really really glad that it wasn't just like a a one game wonder type of thing that he does show that he can step up and produce so that's very um encouraging because the one position the u.s does lack is like very like confident number nine striker type of player you know yeah that's facts so, um, uh, real quick stat update, 17 shots for the U.S., 7 on target, 5 shots for Jamaica, 1 on target, U.S. dominated possession, passing, pass accuracy, um, and um, Jamaica with two yellows and U.S. dominated corners. So, right now, right as the Mexico game is kicking off, uh, U.S. lead the group by a point, and then Mexico in second, Canada in third, and Panama uh, hanging on to that fourth spot for a second. But I'm hoping El Salvador has some magic in about 25 minutes, and we somehow get in on this group race, because if not, um, at least for me on a personal level, it'll be kind of boring. You know, yeah, I feel that. You know, uh, but let's just jump into the nitty gritty here. Um, you know, this Mexico Canada's live, so we'll just kind of pepper in if anything exciting happens. But in terms of nitty gritty, I mean, let's get our hands dirty with this oil money, Eddie. Let's start off with um, Newcastle. They've officially been bought. Uh, looks like it's that Saudi Arabian group. Uh, Mike Ashley's officially out getting the oil money in. Uh, we can't expect a major overhaul like Manchester City, at least in terms of the first team squad due to financial fair play, but definitely expect major changes coming to Newcastle. Um, Eddie, well, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be a good thing, bad thing? Who cares? Well, okay, as far as like human rights violations go, terrible thing because, uh, you know, you can look into Saudi Arabia and the things that they do. But strictly on the footballing perspective, I couldn't be happier uh, for Newcastle fans because um, Steve Bruce was a shitty, shitty owner. You know, um, I remember when um, Colocini, um had the uh, testicular cancer and, you know, he fought his way back into the squad. Um, I believe the season he came back, he helped them from not being relegated. That and, would be correct. And in the offseason, Steve Bruce rang him up and said, I don't need you. So, uh, you know, you're gone. Um, and then uh, <laughs> the last time Newcastle did anything of relevance, Alan Pardew had them finish in a Europa League spot, which I want to say was like 2008. 
it's been a while since they've done anything relevant. Oh, and, <laughs> and then, you know, before that goal, you know, the dream begins. Oh, that's uh, right. Um, if, if you're of a certain age, um, we all know that uh, Goal is a good movie. I don't give a shit what you say. I will fight you. So really, really happy that Steve Bruce has gone from a proud club, a historic club. The last time they did anything relevant in the league, David, was when they came second to your club in the 90s uh, against Sir Alex Ferguson and uh, his men. Um, I believe uh, the manager at the time was Kevin Keegan, and he he has this great speech. I would love it if we beat them. Love it. And then you guys went in there and kicked their ass. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we had the best manager of all time at the time with Sir Alex Ferguson. But, um, I mean, Steve Bruce isn't technically out of a job yet. I mean, everybody at Newcastle right now is super excited, right? Like, players are tweeting, manage, like, certain um, upper ends um, in terms of the first team are kind of excited. But everybody except for Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce is already saying that he's kind of resigned to being fired. He already knows it's coming. It's just a matter of is it before or after the Spurs game? Um, in terms of, you know, fans, I'm sure they're hoping it's going to be ASAP. But uh, who knows? I mean, Steve Bruce kept him in the Premier League last year. Um you know, even if they fire them, um, who knows who they'll bring in. They'll only be looking for survival this year. I'm more interested to see what happens in the summer. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, the process. Like, who are they going to bring in? Because even when City came in, you remember, like, they sent Roque Santa Cruz, who was, you know, wasn't really great. Robinho, the rapist they signed. You know, so they didn't really get exciting, you know, top-notch players that made an impact right away. So it'll be interesting to see who Newcastle can actually attract. Um, yeah, um, at least that's what I think. I, uh, I think I may have misspoke. Um, I said Steve Bruce when I really met uh, Mike Ashley. Uh, Steve Bruce doesn't play positive football, but he is a decent manager, so he will be forced out. Um, but I met Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley is a shit owner. Yeah, only for sure. Only cares about profits. Doesn't care about it, the club, really. And um, just going to the Twitter page of one of my favorite underrated players, Alan uh, St. Maximin, um, he uh, he's tweeted stuff like... Um, um, a new start with an ambitious Newcastle United. You deserve it more than anyone. Handshaking emoji. Enjoy with the heart emoji. Um, David, I remember earlier this summer, um, or earlier this year, it maybe wasn't in the summer, but there was talk about, you know, this deal going through then. Can you maybe explain to the people why it went through now and not earlier this year? Well, this is a deal they've been working on and trying to get pushed through for a year and a half. So it's been like 18 months uh, total from beginning to now. Um, the reason was due to um, broadcasting rights. So I guess there's, I don't know the nitty gritty details, but from what I understand is BN didn't broadcast in um, through that group because instead, okay. I guess they pirated the streaming because they didn't want to <laughs> pay them. Because BN, again, correct me if I'm wrong, whoever's out there and is, has enough time on their hands to look at the major details. But I believe BN are owned by Qatar, like the people that own PS3. I want to say you're right. I will yeah. back check. I will fact check you on that super quick. One sec. Go yeah, ahead. And so with, yeah, with that in mind, they just didn't want to pay them. Um, so it was really a matter of, you know, uh, either Saudi Arabia sucking up and saying, fine, we'll pay broadcasting rights or saying, screw it. We'll just buy a team in a different league. 
uh, I guess Newcastle was a good enough project for them for them to say screw it. And it was like a $300 million worth of streaming for BN, I believe. Yeah. It was a so, significant amount. Uh, so um, the CEO of BN uh, is uh, Nasser Al Khalifi. Um, I hope I said that right. Please don't, you know, hike up gas prices just in case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, he, yep, he is the guy that uh, I've seen him at P- PSG like big press conferences before. So yeah, yeah, he's the president. Yeah, yeah. So, I see, and so that that's the big thing. I mean, they finally did it—the three hundred million for the streaming. Um. Again, good thing for the fans, I think. Um, bad thing in terms of sports washing and human rights, of course. I mean, even now, people are, um, you know, I hear of people going to like Dubai and talking about how lavish it is out there, how great it is. But, you know, already, even for tourists, there's still like the thing of, you know, if you're a woman, you know, kind of um, keep your eyes peeled and be careful. And to hear another country in the Middle East is going to be able to continue that and make it seem as if these governments are actually building these nice resort countries when in actuality, they're just trying to get more money into their pockets while, you know, making their people suffer. Yeah. And uh, really quick, I popped over to Callum Wilson's Twitter page. And he posted a gif of himself jumping up in the air, face pumping, and he said, take over complete clap emoji, clap emoji. Amazing news. So happy for all you fans who've waited so long to this day. What is it exciting, Jerry? Uh, we have ahead. So um, really quick, David, let's just establish some differences here. So Newcastle United are not... Um, Manchester City fans, like these are fans that show up every week to St. James's Park. You know, mm-hmm. uh, St. James's Park is really always almost full. Like, whoever takes over at Newcastle United will not have to use the post game interview to be like, please come to the game on Saturday or please come to the game on Sunday. Like, no, like. Newcastle United fans like do show up, um, even when the team is absolutely shit, you know, uh, even in the championship. So, um, you know, you will very quickly, I hope, I pray, uh, be able to tell the difference between a plastic, uh, like 2021 Newcastle fan than. You know, then, like, uh, I've been here for, like, basically my whole life, and this is the first time I'm going to see my club do well type of fan. Right. Not that City City doesn't have those, but I fear that those fans at City have either been turned off by the club or they've been priced out by the club, which is sad. And I hope that doesn't happen, you know, to the Jordies because – they actually do deserve this a lot. Yeah, but see, I think the main difference is exactly how you hit the nail on the head is that they have a real fan base. Um, you can argue that Newcastle, if you had to pick a deserving club to get taken over like this, it would be Newcastle because they have that fan base, they have that following, and they're a historical club. Um, a lot of younger you know, people won't remember, obviously, when Newcastle were in Europe when Newcastle were challenging, when Newcastle were, you know, really up there and competing with the best and being able to attract even top players. Um, I think the thing now, though, is that we won't see that um, plastic right away because, again, they, they're restricted by financial fair play, not the same thing as when City came in. Um, I believe I read something where that right now with their current sponsorships, uh, with the takeover, they could only spend like a hundred million over the next four years, which of course can change as they start signing the bigger sponsorships, which is where the money quote unquote comes from. 
and uh, that's all dandy. But City uh, is a small club in the sense of they didn't have that kind of major fan base and consistent fan base. They basically yeah. just went out, got the star names to get the, the fan base to sell the shirts. Uh, Newcastle won't necessarily be able to do that. I don't think they're going to be able to get a Robinho, you know, per se, somebody that's going to sell shirts like that straight away. Um, okay. And kind of like uh, people are going to say, oh, that's a weird comparison, but like Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United wasn't a club that was just like, oh, here's this major injection of money. Like Sir Alex Ferguson made us successful. And with that success, it was invested properly. And that's how the millions came about. And that's how we dominated football. Um, I feel Newcastle will end up getting that injection without the success, but that's how they're going to end up building their brand. And and then look really quick. I wanted to touch on this because it is important. Um, People seem to forget or mostly not know because they weren't alive. But I want to say that two seasons in to his tenure as Manchester United boss, Sir Alex Ferguson was, like, this close to being fired. Like, closer than, like, you know, um, what's a good comparison? Closer than Ricky Bobby is to Baby Jesus. Yes, um, sir. If, if you've ever seen Talladega Nights, he will absolutely get that reference. So, yeah. Um, and honestly, real quick on a tangent, I kind of think that's what Man U is doing now is letting Ole figure it out. But um, now with Cristiano there, I don't know how much time he's going to get. But anyway, back to Newcastle, David. I'm going to throw three names at you. Four, actually, four. And you tell me um, how long they'll actually be at United before um, they get replaced. Okay. okay. So a really, really underrated keeper is Martin Dubrovka. Um, he's currently injured now. That's why Darlo is deputizing. But how long before they replace Dubrovka? Uh, I don't think they will uh, anytime soon. Finding a high-quality keeper is really difficult. I think it's easier for them to continue with Dubrovka. Um, he's saved them tons of times. You know, when he's fit and when he's in goal, obviously, he's pulled them out of, you know, really tight situations. I think he deserves to kind of try to push them forward. I'm not saying he's going to be the keeper that's going to be there when they try to push to the next level, but he's probably more of a Joe Hart-esque kind of player where he's going to stay and do his time, but eventually they're going to upgrade him once they're ready for that. Okay, and then uh, a player I know that you're not fond of and I actually really like, Miggy. How long does Miggy stay at St. James's? Um, As soon as they can get a viable replacement. um, I I think um, he's playing right at his level. Miguel Almiron, I don't hate him because I don't think he's like, because I think he's a shit player punching above his weight. I just hate him because he tends to give us a hard time and he like ends up making everybody frustrated because he's a bit of a dirty player, which I'm not against. But when he's not on your team, it's just frustrating. But yeah, yeah, he's punching at exactly at his weight. And when Newcastle, like I said, they're trying to push up towards the top half of the table so as if they're able to get somebody who's of a higher quality um in his position they'll replace him right away uh what about the, uh the new boy uh callum wilson he's only been there like a year and some change um how old is he now though he's like 32 33 i think he only has uh, another year or two left so maybe a year And then he drops down to the championship. So does Newcastle go get Holland or do they go get Mbappe? I think they're going to end up signing Holland. (laughs) Okay, now a player that's not only a fan favorite, but uh, I stated a couple minutes 
earlier, like I'm a huge fan of this guy, Alan uh, St. Maximin, Mr. Gucci Bandana, while I play. Yes, uh, I'm a fan of ASM. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like you said, he's a fan favorite um, and he can actually play. He's not he's not limited. Well, I'll take that back. He is somewhat limited. He makes some rash decisions sometimes and he, he can make um, he can be a better finisher. But he's also the best player Newcastle has and also the only player that Newcastle has that can probably make it into the top six squads. So, Okay, and then question, uh, David. Name, in, in your mind, the first domino to drop, the, the first player that's like, fuck it, I want to go to Townside, I want to wear the black and white, be a magpie, and, you know, kick Sunderland's ass whenever we play Sunderland in, like, the Carabao Cup because they're not coming back to the Prem anytime soon. Oh, that's hard. I think, you know what, I think it's going to be somebody like Mario Gotze or, oh. you know, somebody who the world didn't exactly forget about, but we kind of just are like, well, I guess they're done. But like Mario Gotze is what, like 30? And he's yeah. killing it at PSV. So it wouldn't surprise me if like Newcastle comes and says, hey, we're giving you a chance to come to the Premier League, challenge yourself one more time big, to make yourself a, a legend. Big payday. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt somebody like that or you know, one of the folk over at, in France right now that are trying to rebuild themselves. Like, um, did Renato Sanchez end up leaving France? Like, somebody like that would be good. I I, I, I think he did, actually. Did Hold he? on. I, I think so. Oh, it looks like Mexico scored their 1-0 up against Canada in the 21st minute. Uh, uh, let's see. Renato Sanchez is currently at... Oh, no! I thought he went, but he's still at Lille, um, at least according to Google. I, I thought I heard during the Euros that a lot of major clubs were were interested. Yeah, but a lot of people but, wanted him. But uh, I guess Lille said we are defending league on champions and we will do our best. But oh. um, so uh, Sanchez just scored. Beautiful shot from Mexico. Off the down uh, with his right and shot with his left. Oh, look. um, Oh. Good, good. So, uh, Mexico reclaims the group lead for... um, It's no longer the hex. It's the uh, octagonal. Um, Look, uh, David, big rumor is uh, Renato Sanchez to Liverpool... But, uh, um, you know, I think everyone's linked with Liverpool these days. So, so David, real, real quick for you. Out of the traditional quote-unquote top six, that being, you know, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, um, Arsenal, Tottenham, uh oh, Man City. Who who gets replaced by Newcastle? Um, I think Spurs' uh, rotation is up. I think they're gonna struggle for a bit, um, probably a few years, and then they'll be competing against Newcastle. Okay. So, question. So, um, everyone knows that, uh, um. You know, Harry King wanted to move away from uh, North London to, you know, go to Man City. Now that there's another power player in England, anyway, Man City loses out on him because he goes to Tyneside? No, I don't think so, because it's too soon, and Harry Kane's too old to wait that long. So um, he'll end up going to either City, Chelsea, or United. It's going to be one of those three, uh, at least in my opinion. But um, 
let's talk about the Nations League. Uh, I don't want to miss out on that excitement there. The first game was uh, Italy versus Spain, which was a pretty good game from what I can see, from what I was able to watch. Uh, You know, definitely went back and forth a bit. Uh, Spain, though, ended up winners 2-1 to with a late consolation by Italy. Anything you learned, Eddie? Uh, Yes, okay. Um, Odisa Bayal, and I'm sorry if I'm not saying it correctly, it's a really complicated name. Um, He and um, Fernand Torres seem to have a really good connection. So Mm -hmm. if Spain can exploit that for, like, this next generation, um, you know, they could be in for some trophies. Uh, David, but I texted you right before we started recording and I said, hey, please add intent to um, the rundown. Now, David, you watch the highlights. I watch the highlights. What I want to talk about is Bonucci's second yellow. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a 50-50 ball if you haven't seen it. And, you know, Bonucci does the thing where you're watching the ball. And instead of kind of feeling out for the other player, he kind of puts his elbow up, you know. But I, I'm i not sure if he knows how close he is, but he does jump. He does connect with the guy's neck. So I understand the yellow, but I don't think it was intentional. David, how did you see it? So I don't think Bonucci intended to strike, uh, I believe that was Sergio Busquets, uh, I don't think he intended to hit Sergio in the face, but I do think he intended to hit Sergio. Um, I think he wanted to let his presence known, but he mistimed it because um, on the run-up to the foul, you can see he looks at Sergio in the space that he wants to dominate. As he jumps, the elbows out. So I think he just kind of meant more like towards his body, kind of body check him. Like, look, I'm right here. Like maybe elbow to the chest, right? Not yeah, at worst. Um yeah. at worst to the chest. So it didn't work out that way. So I think you're right in the sense of his intention wasn't there in the sense of wanting to strike Sergio in that sense. I do think his intention was to body check him. Um, so it was a 50-50 for me. Um yeah. for the ref at least, because um at that point, you're right. The intention wasn't there, but the intention was still one of those of he wanted a body check, Sergio. It just didn't work out right. So and, if and it then, was me, I probably wouldn't have given them the yellow, but it definitely I, changed I, the game. I was I was definitely um, about to ask that. And look, from, from what I saw, um, you know, the ref does take a while to make the decision. Uh, which shows me Ball is probably all up in his ear telling him, let us take a look, a look at it, you know, and we'll, we'll help you decide because that's what Bar should do, help decide. Yeah. Bar should not be the final decision for the referee on the field. Um, but with that being said, uh, a player as quality as Insignia does miss a pretty good opportunity um, in the first half because he does open his body a little bit too much and he misses a, a really good chance. And so Italy's uh, win streak or undefeated streak ends, correct? Yep. At so Spain are the unofficial champions of the world. Oh, right. Uh, well, the, the unofficial champions of Europe. You know, yeah, of Europe. Sorry, of Europe. Oh, and oh, um, by the way, um, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but France's white jersey, fucking clean as fuck. Yeah, I don't, it's nice. yeah, clean as fuck. I, you know, but um, you know, um, so let me put you in a in in pep shoes here for a second, David. Okay. Does does Fernand Torres's performance? Uh, make you think, um, okay, uh, he definitely needs more minutes, and I should definitely 
maybe make him uh, like a, a number nine. What do you think? Well, Pep's claiming that Ferran Torres' future is as a either a nine or a false nine. Mm-hmm. So I do expect his minutes to go up. The problem is um, finding the minutes with 100 million, um, Jack Grealish hanging about, and Gabriel Jesus uh, not afraid to soak on the bench. So <laughs> that's a... That's a headache for Pep to figure out, um, and hopefully it causes disharmony. But I have a better question for you, Eddie. Um, how does it feel to watch Sergio Busquets and his Barcelona teammates completely dominate um, in a team like Spain versus Italy? when they look like children for Barcelona? Um, honestly, and I could be in the minority of Barca supporters here, it feels good, especially for a, for a guy like Sergio, who you know is coming toward not just the end of his cycle with the national team, but his end of a cycle as a top-quality professional. And if he can't win every weekend, because he has either literal like children or like just professionals that don't bring the same attitude he does every match day. Um, I feel good watching him succeed. And then, you know, seeing guys like Pedri and Gavi and, you know, eventually Ansu Fati will be a big player in the Spanish setup. So, you know, you would think like, oh, I'm I'm not. How come they can't do this for Barca? No, I know why they can't do this for Barca. A, Coleman's, and B, uh, like, and this is also another reason I don't think Coleman should be fired. Bring in Allegri, bring in Conte, bring in whoever you want. They're not going to be able to, you know, to take the noose from around the club's neck. Um, David, everyone knows how bad Barca's financial situation is. Like, like I bet you, like, every every time someone shows up to the to the training facility and turns on the lights, they're like, please tell me we paid the light bill. Please tell me we paid the light bill. And then they flip the switch and they're like, oh, my God, the lights are on. Thank God. Yeah. You, you know, so... Um, at Barca right now, it's not just about the football for the players. It's a whole bunch of other shit. So to see some of them be able to get, get away and just focus on football, it makes me feel good, you know? Yeah. Well, you would touch a little bit of the Saint-like white jerseys. Uh, but, you know, Please. France took on Belgium. Belgium dominated the first half. Second half was completely France. Um, as we now know, since it's Spain versus France in the final. Mm-hmm. Um, any takeaways from that? Um, so I I wanted to ask you, is it more of a uh, French combat or more of a Belgian failure? Again, for this particular group of players, again. Mm, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, let's kind of, like you said, let's talk about intent. Um, sec- second half France was very clinical. They were putting on a show, basically. Um, that, was, that was World Cup winning stuff from France there. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, yeah. the, the touch and turn from um, Benzema, that alone, just class. Like, okay. just class. Um, I was happy to watch Mbappe take the penalty after all the shit he got from the missed penalty in the Euros. You, can, um, you, you saw it too, like you saw that weight come off his shoulders, like fuck yeah, and it was, was a, thank goodness. and it was a good penalty too. It wasn't just like uh, let me just try to roll it in one of the corners. Like he, there was intent. Yeah, um, no, he, he intended to get the shit out of it. Oh yeah. He did. And then Hernandez's winner, that was just world class. Um, I'm not too aware of this. I'm, I will admit it. 
since I don't watch too much Serie A anymore, but uh, apparently AC Milan fans are saying that that's he just makes those goals for fun, and he's oh. been shooting those in for Milan um, since he signed. And you, you know what that reminded me of? Uh, let's go back to Russia 2018. Okay, look, it's not exactly the same, but it reminded me of Pavard's goal versus Argentina. Yes, the half volley was beautiful. I was like, I was like, I've seen this shit before. Where have I seen it? And then I was like, oh, that's where I saw it. Yes, that was a, a good memorable match too with our boy Marcos Rojo. I believe he was on the score sheet. Uh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I remember that that good match, good match. But um, it's Spain versus France, Eddie. What well, what do you think? Um. Okay. Well, first and foremost, um, let's all remember, um, the Nations League is just a ploy, but at the end of the day, it is a trophy. Um, and look, like on paper, this final is the final that we probably should have gotten at the Euros over the summer, quote unquote, um, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but look, uh, it. Honestly, I really kind of think it boils down to two things. Those young players uh, for Spain that really haven't gotten to a a final before. And then it also comes down to what kind of France are we getting? Are we going to get first-half France that got bullied by Lukaku? Which, by the way, real quick, what a fucking goal by Lukaku. No, mm-hmm. egg, no angle to, to take it, but to have the boss to be like, you know what I'm going to do? I've, I have no angle. I'm just going to shoot it over Luis's head, and I, I'm fucking on form, so I know it's going to go in. Carrasco's goal was pretty good, too. I had to watch it like four times because I, I just couldn't believe the how it snuck in. Yeah. But, so, uh, um, so, look, if we get second half France from kickoff, France probably wins it three to one. But if we get first half France, um, all I know is is it'll probably be decided. Wait, does um does Nations League have extra time or does it go straight to penalties? I believe it goes to penalties. Okay. Um. Well then. Whew. You would have Donnarumma versus. Um, is is it? Oh no, there is an extra time. I take that back. Okay, all right. So if we get first up, friends, I feel I feel like it would be like one one go to extra time, and then somehow um, Spain sneak one because they're younger and their legs aren't as tired, um, but. But if we get second half France from the beginning, probably like a three no to France, no doubt. Enough. Um, yeah, I kind of, um, I, I kind of like that you brought up in the beginning that you know people blowing off the Nations League, but it's still a trophy because that's like first half France versus Belgium, kind of saying, oh whatever, who cares? We're here, kind of just soaking in the occasion. But then the mm-hmm. second half, they realize they're going to lose out on a trophy. So they turned on the spice and, you know, uh, definitely kicked it up a gear. Um, real quick, I, Dave, uh, before we move on, what does this mean for Belgium? Okay. It's not a big tournament. And you have the world champions not playing their best. You do your part in taking the lead, but. You can't hold on. What does that mean for for this Belgium generation? Um, I think it says less about Belgium and this is more about Bobby Martinez. Uh, so like, for me, you like can't... Sorry. Yeah, I like it. No, but for me, like you can't really be a full-time champion winning manager but also be a full-time pundit like he is um it doesn't make me take him serious and 
I feel like he's one of those managers that will help you kind of build something, uh, but he's not going to help you win something. He's mm. kind of like he's he's the Lampard to somebody's Tuco, you know. Oh. Uh, he'll he'll take them to, you know, a semifinal, quarterfinal, semifinal, but he's going to continue to lose. They need that tactician to take them to the next level. The issue is that they wait too long because now I, most of these guys are kind of getting over over their peak or they're right at their peak. So there might not be another chance at a major tournament. I don't I I don't think so. I think I think by the time we get to Qatar next winter, which by the way, around this time next year, we'll be prepping for a World Cup. That's so weird. Um definitely but, weird. Um honestly, I I think you know with as good as Spain are looking uh, I'm sure Germany will bounce back because it, it's Germany they they always do. I'm sure England will be there to say that it's going to come home but it but it won't. Um France will definitely have something to say. Um, Brazil will always play a part in a World Cup. Um, it's definitely Messi's last run. Um, we'll see um, who makes it out of CONCACAF and what form they're in. And you know at some point uh, there's always the African nation that makes a little bit of noise. Yeah, so, definitely. It just it um it all depends on on how those groups come out of those pots, but I could see um Belgium making a quarterfinal and then you know um somehow losing to someone that they they quote unquote shouldn't um like if we all remember and it was probably the best game of that World Cup um including the final um. Belgium almost lost to Japan. If it wasn't yeah. for a, a literal last second, like this is all we have left counter, that game goes to extra time and, and who knows? You know, who yeah. knows? Definitely. It could have definitely been a different, a whole different tournament. But um, before we run out of time here, there's something definitely I wanted to talk about, which is the... Mbappe uh, leaving on the free transfer, which is football's worst kept secret. And the reason I wanted to kind of inquire and pick your brain on it here, Eddie, is because as we all know, uh, Gigi Donnarumma left AC Milan on the free and he joined PSG. Uh, His very first touch in the Italy versus Spain game, uh, he got whistled by everybody at the San Siro um basically every touch he was whistled uh, coach had to kind of try to get the fans off his back it definitely made him nervous he had some nervy kind of touches um Mbappe is definitely more open in his well it's definitely an open secret that he's been wanting to join Real Madrid even when he yeah. signed for PSG, everybody who really like follows football saw it as a stepping stone to, you know, uh, Real. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I go on, Canada just tied it up for Mexico. Excellent uh, goal. So it's 1-1 uh, in the 43rd minute. Right. But, uh, to um, kind of finish my, my opening statement here. Um you know, Mbappe has been open about wanting to go to Real Madrid. Donnarumma flirted with saying with AC Milan, had AC Milan sign his brother on a four-year, $1 million per year, so a $4 million uh, euro contract to be at Milan. And he's like a super shitty keeper. Only like the best he can do is like the third or fourth division. Um, what do you think? Do you think Mbappe will be able to leave France with his reputation mm-hmm. intact? Or is his reputation going to have to take a battering? And that's just how football is. Okay, look, I'm I'm about to say some shit. All right, so um, first and foremost, AC Milan, proud club. 
a club that has won it all, done it all, had legends of not just Italy, but like of the game, put on that shirt. You know, PSG wasn't shit till till uh, Ronaldinho showed up there, and you mm. know made them relevant. So it's it's not the same, even though PSG have all this money and like it basically buy anyone they want. Um, it, it's it's not the same leaving AC Milan that than leaving PSG. Now, to be fair to Donnarumma, um, look, AC Milan did not have the type of cash that um, that he was looking to sign for. So, obviously, if you're a servant of the club. You should let them know, hey, you know, sell me, get something back, anything back in 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 return for me, you know, because otherwise you end up looking like a, a Judas, a Saul Campbell, because um, if if you don't remember, Saul Campbell was a a Spurs boy um, mm-hmm. who who told Tottenham. I'm going to end up leaving, but don't even trip about it. I'm probably going to go to Milan. You know, I'm probably going to leave England, so you won't have to worry about me, like, playing against you in this league. And then, lo and behold, he goes across North London and signs for Arsenal, becomes, you know, an Arsenal legend, becomes an invincible. So... Um, you know, and it, if you tell a team, I kind of plan on staying, it's not that you don't have a right to leave if you get a better offer because you do. Your career is finite. You only have a certain amount of years to get the bag, even though you're a keeper. And, you know, if, if you're good, you could play till you're 40. But it, it's just something you don't do. I mean... The only other worst thing he could have done was have left AC Milan for Inter Milan, and then someone probably would have stabbed him, like, at the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, so... Uh, no, I, I'm, I think because you said, hey, it's, a, it's not really even an open secret. Like, we all know as soon as as soon as Real Madrid can get the finances in order to buy Mbappe, they're buying Mbappe. Like it, and look to me, it's it's more of a bigger fu to the to the um to the fans of the club by PSG that they're willing to let Mbappe, a guy who should probably be who should probably have the highest price tag in the world that PSG are willing to let him walk away for nothing than to get nothing back for him. Not because they need the money, but just because if we have a key piece of our club leaving, we need to get something back. We can't just let him walk away for free, even right. though we have a shit ton of money. So that's more on ownership from my view than it is on Mbappe, because he's being honest, he's like, he's like, yo, I'm gonna leave, so any way I can. So, uh, to me, Donnarumma leaving is worse, but I get why he left because this club couldn't afford him anyway. Yeah, I can see that, and I'm definitely on your side of don't don't kind of make it seem or tell people or at least imply that you're going to stay when in actuality, uh, that wasn't the intention. But um, speaking of intention and intent, which came up in this pod a whole lot more than I thought it was from the beginning, we didn't really think an episode was going to come out tonight, guys, since our, our typical Champions League episode. But we thought, why not throw in a bonus episode? So yeah. uh, follow us at podcast from the spot on Instagram. Uh, our Twitter is going live this weekend. Uh, so if you want to start looking us up and see if I can... We got our handle reserved, and it is at pod from the spot. 
Uh, so we have our handle reserved as that on Twitter if you want to start following, but we aren't going to exactly go live until Sunday, I believe. So remember and, uh, that. David, there are some pretty big games on Sunday. Is the Nations League final on Sunday? Let me double check because uh, I want to say yes. But I've been wrong so far tonight. Yeah, so Sunday, October 10th is the final for the Nations League. Definitely going to be a good, great match, honestly. Uh, Spain versus France, great attacking you know, football. You know what, David? I'll probably live tweet some shit, so send me the, the login. Um, my football, my NFL team is uh, one and three. Like, we suck, so I really don't want to watch them. So I'll just, I'll live tweet the game. And then uh, there are some big CONCACAF games over the weekend as well. Like Sunday is Panama, USA, and uh, Jamaica, Canada. So I'll probably like post pe- post stuff on there about that. So if you want to interact with us on Twitter, David, what's the handle again? The handle is at pod from the spot. Uh, so if you want to talk shit to uh, Eddie, there's your chance. Fair game. It is Twitter. You are allowed to be toxic on Twitter. Um, if you're more of an Instagram kind of person at podcast from the spot, you know, we'll keep posting the fun stuff on there. And Eddie, any last words? Um, everyone, as soon as I sign for Saudi Arabia FC, please buy my jersey, please buy David's jersey. David, yes. what position are you going to play for Saudi Arabia FC? Uh, I've went ahead and offered my talents as a striker to them. I'm going to okay. go for the uh, Daniel Osvaldo look. We were talking about how he's my coat hero, so I already have the long hair. Might as well go for it. Okay, um, David, what position are you going for? Um, uh, I'm either going to be a right back or a keeper, um, but okay. like... Like we discussed, Dubrovka is probably not going anywhere anytime soon. So I I feel like that right back spot has to be has to be mine now. David, I need you to promise me live on air. When we play Man United, you can't miss goals on purpose. All right. So that's all we have time for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This is David. That's Eddie. This is from the spot. Don't forget to follow us on socials. We'll be back soon. Bye. (laughs) I'm just going to injure you in training, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.